This is the Moira Pentecostal Church Podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope that you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Well, how you all doing? I, uh, I love coming here because it's a wonderful church. It's a very, very healthy church. It's the sort of church I'd like to take over. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if, you, <laughs> if you're looking for a new pastor, <laughs> give me a wee call, will you? It's just so healthy. Um, may not be wealthy, but it's healthy. Um, there's just vibrancy and there's life in here. That's what I'm speaking on today. There's just so much life. You get the sense that the roots are well down. Definitely the leaves are very green. And the fruit seems to come in its season. It's a healthy church. It's a blessed church. And you know why that is? Because you're here. That's why that is. You bring something to the service. And if everybody brings that something, you have a wonderful service. You have a wonderful church. So it's great to have you. You look all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, don't you? You look alive. Um, I just love the Lord Jesus. I just felt such a blessing there. I think of what I've come through in the last couple of years. And no wonder I laugh. I joke. I mess about. I want to live every day. And if I can have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke and a bit of a carry on and yet still stay. That's what Francis says to me walking out the door. Now behave yourself. (laughs) She always says that. She says, behave yourself. And I try to, I really, really try to. I try to kind of subdue myself and think of myself as a Presbyterian. (laughs) But then... (laughs) What happens is I get excited. <laughs> and it's just, it's just great to be a Christian, and it's great to be here and just feel the health of this church and the blessing that's in this church. I have to tell you also that the Sunday morning crowd are better looking than the Sunday night. But don't tell them, all right? Because I tell them that you're, they're better looking than you. <laughs> it's really wonderful. It's really wonderful. So we're going to talk about life this morning. And I hope you're living. We talk about life, don't we? We we talk about living abundantly. We thank God for the life that we have in Christ. But then why are we so miserable most of the time? May the Lord put a smile on our face more often. May we may we have a joy that never stops. May we walk a road that every step we walk in quietness and in the peace of the Lord. It's living in this world, but living apart from it. It's living in this world and living full stop. And really, I just feel that the church is healthy and the church is doing well and it's full of life. But I'm saying to myself, are we full of life? Are you joyful? Are you glad that you've got Jesus? 
You talk to somebody that's not saved, I tell you something, they act as if they've got everything. But just a few minutes conversation, and you realize that there's nothing behind it. The world's a take on. It offers plenty, but it can't deliver. Whereas Jesus Christ, hallelujah. I may sound miserable sometimes, I may even look miserable, but I'm happy on side. (laughs) I'm joyful in my heart. I'm glad I've got Jesus, and I think it's wonderful. So it's life. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I feel in my heart to bring to you. A few scriptures here, selected scriptures, some reading out of the New King James. It says, John 1 and verse 4, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Uh, Once God opens your eyes to him, Once the Holy Spirit takes the veil off from him, once you see Christ, you see life. You see the life giver. All that I need and all that I have is found in Jesus Christ. John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if we're going to live forever, we should start practicing now. If we're going to, I mean, I'd like to feel that I would just be as much a messer in a, a million years from now as I am now, you know? I'd love to shake David Gerdy's cloud that he's sitting on, you know? <laughs> Give it a good shake. See if he can fly. <laughs> Get them wings going, eh? <laughs> but we're having everlasting life. Why are we waiting to heaven before we start to live. We became alive whenever Jesus saved us. And why we can't wait until that day. The outward man perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. John 10 and 10, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, Jesus, have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. So that's raising it a bit more. We not only have eternal life, but then we're supposed to have abundant life. My goodness me. Oh, only Jesus could make such a claim. Only God could offer such a life. And yet we don't live it. We're not enjoying it as much as we ought to. We're, we're weighed down with the cares of this life. Uh, We are allowing the stress to get to us of this world. We're watching television and we're filled with a sense of foreboding whenever the news is on. And yet Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And Ephesians 3 and verse 20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power which works in us. So the gist of my message is this, that Satan, who did everything he could to stop you and I from having everlasting life, is now concentrating all his efforts to stop you and I from enjoying that life. Or to put it much simpler, if the devil can't stop you from receiving the blessings then he'll do everything he can to stop you from enjoying them. 
if the devil can't stop you from receiving the blessings, and that is God, he just somehow gets through, doesn't he? He comes and he has so much in his hand and so much in his heart to give each and every one of us. And it's there on offer. I mean, he gives to the sinner. He gives to the one who is afar off. He gives to the one who was lost. He offers him the fullness of life. He offers them new life and abundant life and everlasting life. And he gives that to the sinner. How much more to the child of God? How much more to you and I? And I, I just feel it in my heart this morning to challenge you to start living, to look at your life and say, you know something? I should be a lot more happier than what I am. Happiness depends on happenings, but joy comes from the Lord. You can have all of hell breaking loose in your life, but you can have all of heaven and heaven's sweetness in your soul. Psalm 94, I sent that out to the church this week. It was said, in the multitude of the thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Thy comforts delight my soul. There's something about the touch of God. There's something about the kiss of heaven. There's something about, hallelujah, that moving of the spirit. There's something about his smile that is towards us that causes our hearts to leap. And causes us, hallelujah, to once more look at things differently. Hallelujah. So are you alive? Remember one time being in a funeral, and I was taking the service, the funeral service. And you know, as you are, you're kind of sitting there, and you're all solemn and, you know, serious. And I'm standing there, and how are you? And nice to see you and all this. Well, anyway, in came the family, and they all kind of rushed past me. And I, I decided to follow them to see what they were doing. And when I went in, they were in the room and the coffin was open. And they had a mirror. And they were leaning it against the person and they were putting it up to their mouth. And they were checking. And I went over and I says to them, Are you all right? <laughs> I says, Are you, are you all right? She says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, Evelyn was always afraid of being buried alive. So she says, Evelyn wanted us to check and make sure that she was really dead. So she, so she had us put this mirror up to our mouths to show that she was really dead, right? I would have laughed, you know, I would have laughed if there had been steam in the room. So it kind of put a doubt in my mind because I started to think about Evelyn as well. I thought I'd better make this message good today. <laughs> Just in case there's a knock. Let me out of here. <laughs> hey friends, maybe I should have brought a mirror this morning. Maybe I should go around the church and put it up to you. Maybe I shouldn't say, look, I know you've lost your hearing, brother, or whatever it is. <laughs> Can I put this up to your mouth? Can I see if you're alive? Not if you're dead. If I was, friends, if I was to take a mirror and somehow we could, we could put it close to the soul, would there be breath in you? And God breathed into man and he became a living soul. Hallelujah. And I'm alive and so are you. And I'm trying to be sensible. Because <laughs> Francis says, behave yourself. There was a man who never laughed or played 
He never risked. He never tried. He never sang and he never prayed. And when one day he passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. <laughs> Do I look fat in this? <laughs> Say, should I stand it? What about this profile? I feel funny. We don't use one of these. We have a wee lip. We have a wee one that goes on the tie. But I suppose if you're not wearing a tie properly, you know what I mean. But that's where we go. But I, I find this. I feel like it's Francis standing there. You know. <laughs> Ephesians two and verse one, and you. He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. And verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. I was dead in trespasses and sin, but he has made me alive. Hallelujah. So why am I not living? I was in a shop. Anyway, you're just standing about. I'd handed over my wallet, my credit cards, everything to Francis and said, go ahead, honey. You know. And I'm standing there, you know, just standing in the shop as you do. It was Marks and Spencer's. And you don't know where to stand in Marks and Spencer's because there's lingerie over there and you don't want to stand there. And there's food over there and I'm not allowed to go near there. So you're kind of fine. You know, you're fine something. You ever stand in the shoe department and... When you're in the shoe department, there's some woman trying to force, you know, and she, she's trying to put on shoes without you looking at her. So she's kind of turning around and all and trying all this kind of stuff. But anyway, this woman comes along, a wee woman comes along and she puts on this hat. And she's putting on this hat. And, you know, it was a funny wee hat and she's looking at it. And it was cold outside and all. She's looking in the mirror and she turns around and she says to me, son, well, right away, you know, right away, I knew, you know. So I called her love. <laughs> She says to me, son, son, look at the wrinkles on me. And I took my glasses off and I says, love, I don't see any. <laughs> well, I keep my glasses off, girls. <laughs> so then she says to me, son, uh, every day, you know, we die a little. And I turned around and I said to her, love, every day I, love, I live a little. That's all I want. I just want to live a little bit more. I've just been ill for so many years now, two years, coming on three. And I've got over, got, overcome the um, uh, heart surgery and the immune system all falling. See, when you get to this side of it, I tell you something, it's great to be alive. It is great to be alive. I am more alive today than when I was healthy. Because I appreciate life. I, I love it. I love my grandchildren. I love life and I love the church and I love Jesus because I'm here. Now, I could have been in heaven enjoying myself, but I'm here. <laughs> and I have life. I was dead in trespasses and sin. And that wee woman said to me, she says to me, son, we die a little every day. And I think sometimes that's our mentality. I'm getting older. The old body's starting to creak. 
we'll look in the mirror and we'll go, my goodness, you know. And, and it's so easy for the devil to convince us that we're on a downward slope. You know what they say, once you get to 70, it's downhill after that. Used to be 50, but hey, it depends what age you are. <laughs> you can be too careful. You can be too careful. You can be too cautious. You can stop taking risks altogether. We can't take things too easy. We're to get to the point where we're just the waiting dead. That's like being in God's waiting room. <coughs> we're waiting for life to happen. But we couldn't do much here on earth. I say to you today, it's time to live. It's time to pick up the pieces of where you once lived and ask yourself the question, how did I get from there to here? Why was it that five years ago I was happier or 10 years ago I was full of Jesus or, or so, such and such a time ago I was enthusiastic and my heart beat for him and I loved him more than ever. And I was alive I was alive. I wasn't alive on a Sunday. I was alive on a Tuesday as well. Hallelujah. God used to speak to me first thing in the morning and he used to say to me, good morning. And I heard him. And now we get up and go, see this arthritis, it's killing me. Oh dear, oh me. Where's my tablets? <laughs> God wants you to be alive. Jesus didn't die for us to be dead. He died for us to be alive. Then the word of the Lord to you is, little, live a little every day. And a little bit more the next day, and a little bit more the next day. And after a while, hallelujah, you'll be alive in Christ Jesus. Ah. I never ever want to get to the place where I can look back on my life and say, if only. And I'm glad that I've avoided that. I don't have that. But the Lord has led me in a path and it's been an adventure all the way. And I, I probably haven't done most things well, but I have volunteered all time and time and time again. And I'm saying to you, you know, no if onlys. I, I, I just want to live. I'm a Christian. I belong to Jesus. And like that wee woman who said, you die a little every day. No, not for me. I'm going to live instead. Glory to God. Don't wait till heaven before you get happy. Think of the 12 disciples. Uh, Jesus, he turns around, he, he walks into their lives and he speaks to them. And the question um, he asks them is, will you answer the call? Will you answer the call? I, I think of the one that's going to Madagascar. Will you bring home one of them wee furry things? You know the wee <laughs> things you get on. <laughs> that's what I know. Madagascar is, you know, all the cart and all that there. And then I, I, suddenly it's a real world. And I'm thinking it's wonderful. And I, I just, I, I just, I thank God for you. I thank God that you're, that you've suddenly God said, 
I want you to do this and you haven't got your visa yet and you're flying here and it's an inconvenience and you maybe don't have all the money you need and you don't know what's ahead of you in some ways, but you know something? You've answered the call. You've answered the call. I want to be so alive that I hear the call. I want to be, Lord, oh God, what would you say to me now? What is the challenge? What way would you take me now? What is, what is it your will and your purpose for my life now? Because, Lord, I want to live. I want to be alive in Christ. I want you to tell me where to go. I want you to go with me. And if it means risk, then I'll let it be risk. And if it even means failure, Lord, well, let me fail, but at least I'll fail doing something for you. It may be, Lord, oh God, it might be a difficult path and it may be that I'll be tested and tried every step of the way. But you know what? I'll have a joy in my heart and I'll have a Jesus in my life and I'll be alive. I'll be alive. If God was to come to you now and say to you, I'd like you to do this, would you think about it or would you just say, sure? You can be too cautious. You can be too careful. And sometimes when the call of God comes on a person's life or he comes as Jonah, he comes to him a second time. God doesn't give up. He calls you then. And if you don't respond then, and he may have to kind of do some things to bring you to the place where you will say yes. But you know, we'll come to you a second time and he'll say, do you want to live? And in that, in that, there, in that question and in the implication, implication of that, there is that challenge to change. And if it's going to be changed, then Lord, let me change because I, I want to live. I want to be alive. I want to be one of those Christians that where you know they're a Christian. You know what I mean? I always remember working in the co-op one day. I was just doing some sales and I was standing there and this wee man came in and he was crying. He was a wee old man and he came in and he was crying and I, and I says to him, what are you crying about? And he says to me, there's a lot of he's and she's and all that there. But he says to me, I've just finished reading the Bible. And he says, I can't get over how lovely it is. And I looked at him and you know something? I felt empty beside that man. He was just, there was just such a love for God that was oozing out of him. There was just something about him that set him apart. And I believe that God brought him across my path and said, that's the kind of person I want you to be. He just oozed Jesus. He was alive. He wasn't at a pensioner's home. He wasn't sitting waiting for a car worker. He wasn't waiting for his next appointment at the hospital. He standing in that shop and all of those things may be happening to him, but standing in that shop with the tears coming down, he was talking about reading the scriptures and spending time with Christ. And I went, wow, wow. Some things Jesus didn't offer them. There was no pension plan. There was no job security. There was no insurance cover. There wasn't even a guarantee that they would win the world. There was no 35-hour week. There was no big salaries. There was no promotions. There was no comfortable surroundings. There wasn't even a place to sleep. 
And yet, in spite of all the negative, they still chose to follow Jesus. They said yes to God. Sometimes God comes to us, you know, and we're not ready to hear what he has to say. But we know that there's something there, but we don't know what it is. And then he'll come to us again and we're a wee bit more clearer. And then he'll come to us again and see by the time he's finished, then we know exactly what he's asking. And you know, our heart is saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I, I, I just feel he wants you to live. I think it's possible to work in a place that you hate and still have a life. I think it's possible to still be sick in your body and still have a life. I think it's possible to have debts that are just pushing against your door and people ringing you and, and harassing you for money and still have a life. I think it's possible for you uh, not to be falling out with your family and all that there and still have a life. Because that's what Jesus offers. He's offered us life. He's saying in spite of and not because of. No matter what, I love you and here's my life for you. And I want to bless you and I want to do you good and I want to undertake in every area of your life. And I've got so many things. We used to hear this, that if we could see all the things that God had planned for our lives, we would never be able to sleep. And that, that is the thing that really is so true. You know, we just, he, he plans for us in love. So what is he saying to you this morning? It's time to live. Just live a little every day. Just live a little bit more. Just hear the call of God and follow his direction. There's no guarantees, friends, just that he'll be with you. But where Jesus is, tis heaven there. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? So none of his disciples, they folded their arms and said, well, hold on a minute. We need to talk about this. We need to think about this. Not one of them. They all followed him. And as I've got older, I found that I'm doing this more often. Well, hold on a minute. Need to. I'm experienced now. You know, I have a bit of wisdom and living and I... Need to look at these things more, more maturely. Years ago, I, I mean, I, the first time I came down to this church, there was four superstars, and if, it was four for two, and there was four people, and they were all sitting on one superstar each. <laughs> the place was freezing cold, and it was. It was like that, and I remember coming down, and it was like, but it was a warm place. We were full of vision. We were alive. Hallelujah. And there was hardly anybody in US or, you know, it was just like that. It was just vision and Jesus and the Bible. Hallelujah. That's all we had. But it was enough. And look at the fruit of that. Look what came out of that. You are as a result of someone else's believing. Somebody may not even be in this church right now. They may have gone on to glory or they may have moved on in their lives to a different place because God's leading them in a different way. But you know what? They paid and prayed when they were here so that you could be here. And you're doing it likewise. It's good to be alive, isn't it? It's good to be on the upward and on the onward path. 
shake off them blues. You don't need a holiday. You don't need a new car. We say, well, if I get a holiday, I'll, I'll be a lot better. January's a bad month. Let's plan a holiday or let's get a new car. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You can have a million pounds and still be miserable. And you can have one pound and you can be happy because you got Jesus. What need I more? Is Christ not enough that I have him? And is life not found in Christ and everything else? It is but a shadow compared to him. When he called him, they followed him. When they followed him, he honored them and he gave them life, abundant life. Human existence is merely physical. It is measured by heartbeat and pulse rate and brain waves and nerves and muscles and movement of the body. The Christian life is life. It is eternal. It is a life worth living. Abundant means more than sufficient. Abundant means over and above. So why not just have a bit of joy? I have all of the joy and some more to share. I not only have uh, some resources, but when you add God's resources to those some resources, I've more than enough. It's just that my money's in a different bank account. It's in God's bank account. Hallelujah. I just hold the check. And, and, you know, it's, it's wonderful. So I've sinned. How many times have I sinned? Probably about four or five in the last 50 years. But anyway. <laughs> but the forgiveness of God, the forgiveness of God has been enough to wipe out all of those sins of the last 50 years and more. And you know what? There's still enough left over to cover the next sin and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Not that I'm planning to sin, but if I sin, I have a forgiveness, and I have a cleansing in the blood. Isn't that right? And his power that's carried me and kept me, that power still remains in his hands. It's when I need it that I can draw down from it. Hallelujah. And that, why can't I, in the basis that his enough is more than my enough, and when it's all added together, why can't I live for him and be alive? So abundance means more than sufficient life. Abundance means over and above life. Jesus is saying, I have come that they may. And it's up to you, by the way. See that wee word may? That's the condition. It's back to you. You pull the lever. You turn on the tap. You start up the engine. The abundant life is provided. It doesn't say that you shall. You shall have eternal life. But you may have abundant life. Because eternal life is based on the work of Calvary and what Christ did for us on the cross. But abundant life is, is down to us as to whether we will follow him. Hallelujah. And some of us have just got the eternal life. And you know what? We've yet to go, 
Oh, 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 right. I thought abundant life would come with it. It does. It's there. It's available. The Lord says to you, the Lord is my shepherd. You shall not want because he is your shepherd. His supply is available. It's there for you. He wants you to live. That's the message this morning. That's the spirit of the Lord coming to you this morning. And I'm saying it in about a hundred different ways, but I'm saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. That they may, may have life. Lord, let it be that, Lord, I will see this afresh and give you fresh permission to move again in my heart and in my life that you might have life, not just human existence, but that you would have over and above and more than sufficient life. Have you ever tried to explain Jesus to somebody else? You can't. He's too wonderful for words. He really, I was going to sing there, but <laughs> been told not to. <laughs> but he was, he's just too wonderful. I mean, you, if you were to say to somebody, well, you see, to become a Christian, now, it's a really, really brilliant life. Well, brilliant life isn't, it isn't enough, is it? Well, no, it's not only brilliant, it's great. But great isn't enough either, because it's even greater than great. It's wonderful. You would say to somebody, I've been a Christian for so long, and it's a wonderful life. And you know something? It's better than Wonderful. There's no words in the English dictionary that can convey how great the Christian life really is. That's the problem that we have. We can use fancy argument and we can stand there and show all of the love that we want to that person standing in front of us. And we can be as best a witness as we can. But the one thing we can't do is effectively explain to them what life in Jesus is really like because you've got to taste it. Because you got to know it, because you got to have it. And when somebody gets saved, they go, I know what you were talking about. Because <laughs> I've got it as well. Hallelujah. That great life that you were talking about, and we're going, it's even greater than that. That great life, I've got that great life, and I've got that abundant life. I've got Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm different. That's why it's up to the work of the Spirit of God, because only the Holy Spirit can use your tongue and use your word wonderful and take that word wonderful, put it in as a little seat into the heart of somebody and then cause that word wonderful to become so expansive, hallelujah, where they suddenly feel that everything they have is nothing compared to this wonderful life that's on offer. And it just comes to the point where they, they see hell and, and they see the road that they're traveling and they see all the things that they've been doing and they say to them, themselves this is I don't want this anymore I want this thing called wonderful I want this thing called life glory to God that's why you became a Christian he offered you something that no one else could offer you it was not only the forgiveness of sin it was not only that you should be saved from hell but in between and and, and long beyond you should have life in Christ. It's easy to talk to sinners about Jesus. You just have to mention his name. George Bates was walking up through Randallstown. He was a man that had nothing. He was going nowhere fast. 
and he's just walking up the street, and these two boys walk down, and one of the boys said to the other, Jesus, he just, but he didn't say it in a swear word. Their conversation was about the Lord, and this Jesus sounded different than the other Jesuses that he had heard. This was Jesus spoken from the heart as opposed to Jesus spoken with a profane tongue. And you know what happened? It arrested him. He stood in the spot, George Bates, and he said to himself, Why, what is this about? And he couldn't sleep. And it drove him, it drove him not to madness, but to clarity. It drove him to life and it drove him to the cross and he was wonderfully saved. Just one word, hallelujah. Just one person, just one offer. Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you something. It's easier to talk to unsaved people about life than it is to save people. Because we get so complicated. We get into stuff. Because the devil does everything he can to stop those blessings of life coming our way. And if he can't stop them, then he'll do everything in his can to stop us from enjoying it. And you know, the gospel should be preached to Christians. I always say we need to preach the gospel, need to preach it to the unsaved. I sometimes think we need to preach it to the saved. The good news is that there's life, hallelujah. There's life in Christ. Time's running up. You just become tongue-tied when you're talking to somebody about Jesus and about the life that you have in him. You find that your words appear lame. You actually end up saying to people, you know, I can't explain it, but it's great. It's the only, it's the only life and the only person who's indescribable. He's just more than our expectations. And I tell you something, I've come to Christ and I've come to know him over the last 50 years. And I have to say to you, he's never disappointed me. It actually turns out that he was far better than what I was offered. He was far sweeter. He was far more wonderful. I have never found a flaw in him, and yet it seems to be I find plenty of flaws. It's good he's not up here preaching about me. <laughs> then we'd be all in trouble. But he doesn't. Because it's not only forgiven, it's remembered no more. And he is, and he says to you, look, I helped you in your time of need, but I would like you to live some more as well. Hallelujah. I want you to know the joy of the Lord is a real experience. I want the Holy Spirit to vibrating inside of you. I want you to be tingling. I want you to waken up in the morning and say, God, this day is yours, and I am yours, and I'm going to follow you. And I'm a Christian, and I'm proud of it. Glory to God. We, Georgia, comes to our church. We kid of eight, you know. So she gets away blue murder. She does everything she can in the meeting to distract me, you know. So we'll put her out a few times. <laughs> I just said to her, we'll start young in this child. Just throw her out the door there. But her mommy keeps going out and bringing her back in again. So she went home to Joanna, which is her mommy who comes to our church, who's equally cheeky. And, um, and she sits there and laughs when I make a mistake and all, you know, and she's just full of life. She's just full of joy. She really is a bit of a messer. 
But anyway, she told me the other day, she says to me, Georgia came home and she says, Mommy, Mommy, you know the way I was in my dance class there? And she says, Oh, yes. And you know, Mommy, you know, Mommy, my wee friend there that I dance with? She says, Yes. She said to me that her daddy doesn't believe in God. And our mommy went, That's not very nice, Georgia, is it? And Georgia said, Well, we know where he'll be going. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what one, commenta one commentator writes An abundant kind of life cannot be measured by income An abundant kind of life cannot be measured by anything tangible You may have some old expensive antique Guys Let's call your wife. <laughs> na 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 na. I'm up here and you're down there. <laughs> Clifford, stand there for a minute. <laughs> but you may have an old antique or you may have plenty in the bank or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't make you happy. It just means you have something. But when you have Jesus, you have life. I'm preaching the gospel here to the saved. I'm preaching the good news to the saved that if you follow Jesus and if you walk with him, even if you get it wrong, it still should be a wonderful life. It cannot be measured by health or the lack of it. It cannot be measured by size or condition. It cannot be measured by family or tradition or geography or culture. Abundant life is available to the whoever and the whenever. Abundant life is the life of Jesus Christ being lived out in the life of the believer. What makes it so wonderful is that Jesus inside of me, hallelujah. And he's alive and so am I. That the resurrected one, glory to God, not only will raise me on that day and keep me until it, but he lives with me and abides with me on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute basis. And my heart may be cold, but his heart is very warm towards me. Will I get the mirror right? <laughs> Closing out, right? Got three minutes. Closing out. Two suggestions. Number one, learn to live above. You need to learn to live above negativity. You need to learn to live above anxiety. You need to learn to live, says he, looking for his notes. Yes, here it is here. You need to learn to live amongst worry, above it, above superstition. These things will drag you down. These are part of the reason as to why you're not living. It's not sin that's keeping you down. It's worry and anxiety and fear and what might happen and, and what you think about a situation. Those are the things that are not only keeping you down, but they're keeping you back and they're keeping back from you the blessings that God has for you because there's nothing to worry about. God's in control. And there's nothing to be afraid of because he is with you. And there's nothing to look forward to with foreboding because he goes before you and he plans life. Hallelujah. It's time to say no to some things. 
say no to the things that drag you down. Look at your life and say, what is it that's keeping me from life? Now, usually a preacher would get up and he'd start naming the sins. But I'm not naming the sins because that's between you and God. I, I'm naming the other things that rob your joy. You get up in the morning. I got up and... <laughs> I got up on Friday morning and I was as happy as anything. I was as happy as Larry. If I ever meet Larry, I'm going to shake his hand. He really, he was really, really happy. <laughs> Tell you, it was great. I felt really great. See, by the end of the night, I was depressed. I said to Frances, I don't know what it is. I'm depressed. And she says, you know what's happening here? You're living under instead of living above. And I says, that is so right. Try to do it, friends. Try to make some small changes in your life. You might find it a bit of hard work is required because we have learned to live and to think along a certain line for so long. It's become a way of life. You know, we have been unhappy for so many months or many years that the idea of being happy doesn't even cross our mind anymore. I'm not looking for the next appointment with the hospital. I'm looking for the next blessing from God. One minute. <laughs> Learn to live apart. Live apart from this world. We do not take our cues from those who operate their lives from a human perspective. Isa and all of this that you're hearing on the TV. Friends, live apart from it. Christ is coming back. The Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. And Robert Peston, or whatever you call him, Robert Pest of the BBC. He's great analysis, but you don't have to believe everything he says. You don't have to believe the news, you know, just because it comes from the BBC or RTE or wherever you are. You don't have to believe it. You can listen to it, but don't go out of here and say, oh my goodness, things are bad and all. There's going to be shortages this year and, and there's going to be big cutbacks and all that there. You know, they're going to... And, and the whole conversation's about the cutbacks and there's a wee bus there that doesn't pick any up anymore, you know. And all this here, the whole conversation's about the lack and, it's, and what they're going to do and, and who's going to be in power and all of this. I, I live apart from it. Why? Because I'm his. I live independent of the circumstances. So, 30 seconds. Although, if I went on, would I get overtime? <laughs> How much are you giving me, Davey? Is there time and a half? Oh, it's a Sunday, it's double time. <laughs> All right? What is the word of the Lord to you this morning? It's about living, isn't it? Many people here want to live. How many people are going to live here a little bit every day? How many people haven't been living? Oh, you liars. <laughs> Not one person put up their hand. Hey, let's stand, folks. Lift up your hands. Receive the Spirit of God in a new way and just, oh, Spirit of the living God, just come upon me. Let the anointing break the yoke. Let the anointing take away the fetters that have been holding me back. Let it be that I will be declared free indeed. Hallelujah. Let it be, Lord, that your life in me, hallelujah, will pulsate and I will find myself loving him all the more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He grows sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why do I lift up my hands? Because you need to surrender. 
Lord, I give you an old sinful life, and now I'm giving you a lazy life. Lord, I give you a life that was, was destined for death, and now, Lord, I, I want a life that's destined for life. Hallelujah. I want to be made alive again. I want to be, Lord, as if I just got saved. Hallelujah. I want you to put the smile in the face and the glint in the eye and the spring in my step, and I want to be alive, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I need thee, Lord. I am weak, but thou art strong. So easily dragged down. But Lord, lift me up and help me to live above it. Not to give in or not to give up. But to find a new calling. A new call to follow Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just receive from the Lord right now. That's what you also do. Another reason why you put your hands up is to receive something. Just receive ye the Holy Ghost. Just receive it right now. You say, I don't speak in the Spirit. That's okay. Just receive the Holy Spirit anyway. Just receive him. We're not looking for evidence. We're looking for you to be filled. We're looking for you to be filled from, from the feet to the neck and from the neck to the feet and from that crown of your head to the soles of your feet. We're looking for life. Hallelujah. When we go out of here today, we want to just, Lord, you've not only, you not only I heard something, but Lord, I've also received a touch. Glory to God. And I needed that touch. Hallelujah. Lord, fill me afresh. Fill me afresh just as I am. I come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. Hallelujah. Be filled with the Spirit of the Lord. How shall he not give the Spirit to those who ask him? Hallelujah. Be filled. Be filled. Being filled with the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. See the way you're feeling right now? You're supposed to feel like that on a Wednesday afternoon as well. On a Friday morning, on a Tuesday night. Hallelujah. You're supposed to be alive. Lord, I pray for anyone here today who, who needs healing. Healing is the children's bread. I pray the Lord that by your stripes they may be healed. Lord, bring a healing touch to anyone, O oh God, in this service. Let them be healed. Let them be healed in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. And amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or even download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk.